All right, welcome to What's Next, a Hillside podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be going deeper and we're going to be discussing the message from Sunday. We're going to be hearing stories of change from people who are following Jesus. And we're going to be sharing content that we hope will be helpful for you as you follow Jesus. So my name is Daniel and I am the uh, pastor of youth and young adults here at Hillside Wesleyan Church. And Jay, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Jay, the lead pastor at Hillside and privileged to serve here now uh, going into 14 years and excited about this new podcast. This is uh, episode one. So yeah, here we go. This is the pilot. So this is it. We're rookies here, but we're going to try and make it work. That's right. So why don't you share a little bit about the heart and the story behind behind how this podcast came to be? For those who are just listening. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to speak on behalf of uh, Pastor Mike Zottarelli because he was the one who initiated the idea. And he said, hey, why don't we do a podcast and have an online presence through a forum that many people are checking into these days? And what if we looked at it from the perspective of Sunday message, you know, following up, you know, going a little deeper, discussing that? What about current topics that may be... Uh, relevant for us to have on the podcast. And then if there are those events and seasons of life that all of a sudden it's like, hey, we need to have a voice. Maybe we can do that as well through the podcast. So we hope that it will reach uh, uh, people that may not even all at all be connected to Hillside, as well as those who attend Hillside. So uh, we trust that uh, it's going to be a good experience. Yeah, so really this is just about us trying to reach out online, connect with that next generation of people, and podcasts are becoming such a big deal. I know that my, myself, I really love podcasts. I love listening to them when I'm doing chores or driving or anything. So we're just hoping that we can be a, a positive voice in that space. And uh, Pastor Mike, uh, who's kind of the person who was behind the idea, he was actually supposed to be in the chair that I'm sitting in today. <laughs> Uh, but as we are living in a season of COVID and we're in Nova Scotia, Canada, uh, and school has just started back up and he has two uh, young boys, one of them in school. And so they've come down with a sickness, just a little bit of a cold, nothing serious. And now he and his wife uh, are also not feeling well. So all of a sudden, as is so often the case during the season of COVID, we've had to shift things. And so I'm stepping in for him during this time. And, uh, Actually, the series that we're doing right now at Hillside is called New Normal, and it's kind of all about how do we find that new normal during this time. So uh, you've kind of been preaching this message. So just, again, share a little bit about that message series and what you've been speaking on. Yeah, as we went through the summer, of course, everyone is trying to find rhythms and new plans. And we, I think, initially spoke about the changes that had come because of COVID back in March. But then I uh, went through a summer series that uh, was good. Uh, you know, nobodies who became somebodies. But then as we were approaching the fall, I was like, we need to hit uh, some, some reminders of where we're at. And in times of uncertainty, in times of uh, unknowns for the future, uh, can we have normalcy? Because lots of people were saying, I just look forward to when it gets back to the way it was. And I think most people are predicting it's not going back. We're not going to be able to experience what we once did. So we're going to have to create a new normal. Well, what are some of those new normals? And so that was where the the idea of this series came from. So the first Sunday was really about, you know, understanding that God has not changed and he is still El Shaddai. He is still the Almighty. And so we have to overlay that into our current reality. So 
Uh, yeah, it's not new in the sense that God has changed, but the circumstances have changed from anything we've ever, ever experienced. But we don't have to uh, feel like there's no hope because God Almighty is still in charge. So that was the first Sunday. And then we went to the next week, which was this past Sunday, and talking about what it is to be a new creation. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Yeah, and so I thought this series is really well-timed because so often in the church world and really just in this part of the world, the summer is a time where people are on vacation and you kind of get out of that routine that comes with being in school and all of the routines that are built around that. And so now that school's starting back up, people are really searching for that new normal. So I thought that this series was just really well-timed where we're kind of getting into fall, summer's behind us and things are people are looking for what's the new normal going to look like during this season. Uh, another thing that we've been doing the past two weeks at Hillside is that we've actually been having some outdoor services. So mm. we had planned for it just to be a one-off, one-week thing on September the 6th, I believe it was, and we called it Church on the Hill. And uh, just share a little bit about how that went and uh, the decision-making process because we've decided to extend that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it uh, it was a great uh, day, Church on the Hill, on September the 6th. Uh, it exceeded our expectations um, when you recognized how important it was, how valuable it was for those that came, uh, it was like, oh my goodness, we, we've got to revisit thinking this through instead of going back to indoor, can we keep this going outdoor? And so we did some more research and just did some checking on different things, such as we were going to live stream. We needed to have a strong enough Wi-Fi signal, so we were able to get that boost to our field uh, where the, the service was held. And so we did our second Church on the Hill outdoor service this past Sunday, and it was as positive and optimistic as the first one. So we're heading into at least two or three more weeks, and we'll see what the temperatures are like. Uh, it looks like the forecast is clear, which is great. So no rain is obviously important. But uh, we'll also have to know there's no snow, too. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. You never so know. we'll see. <laughs> Crazier yeah, things have happened. We're excited because it's uh, it's been a really nice – and we know it's short-term. We know that we can't sustain that. But it has been a really positive and good thing for the church and for visitors, too, to, to check it out. Uh, church on the Hill. It's kind of cool. Yeah, so that's been really fun just to get to see some people that we haven't seen in a while and uh, just, yeah, to see faces and get to talk to people and people have been really enjoying that. So that's been a good thing. And so this past Sunday, uh, you talked about what it means to be a new creature, a new creation. And uh, one of the kind of key scriptures that you highlighted and you started off with was John 3, which is a conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. And so why don't you just kind of uh, t talk a little bit about that and then let us know what the heart was behind this message. Yeah, I think in that conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus, here's Nicodemus, a respected religious leader. He you know, has so much prestige and power and respect that it's like, why would he have questions? I mean, shouldn't he have things all figured out? Shouldn't he have his future sorted out? And yet he was still seeking Jesus to help find answers to his questions. Uh, so in that conversation, Jesus said to him, well, one of the things that uh, you're going to have to experience is you're going to have to be born again. Mm. And that, that phrase born again, it's been around. It's certainly a religious term. And sometimes uh, it has been uh, skewed a bit, I think. But 
you know, what does born again mean? And we'll talk about that hopefully as we continue this morning. But it brought forward in my mind what sometimes people will say is uh, either they will say it or people will say it of, of people who live in Canada. Uh, well, I was born into a religious family. Yeah. Or I was brought up in a denomination. You know, I was brought up Wesleyan. I was brought up Catholic. I was brought up Anglican. I was brought up. So my family is this. Um, or socioeconomically, uh, I have a certain background. And so I think one of the things I was trying to emphasize was it's not what you were born into, but that you must be born again. And so I was playing with that concept to say being born again leads to another uh, concept in the scriptures, which is to be made new or to become a new creation. So what is that? What does that look like to be a new creation, to be born again? And uh, so that was, uh, that was part of the, the genesis of the, of the message. Yeah, I love that imagery of it's not what you're born into necessarily, but are you born again? And obviously, I think Jesus was playing off that metaphor in this conversation with Nicodemus. And one of the things that I just wanted to say and is I just think it's really interesting that Nicodemus, who is this teacher of Israel, this really respected guy, that he sees Jesus and he sees something about him and he's willing to go to him and have a conversation. Hmm. And I just think that's really like powerful, just that idea of even someone as prestigious and knowledgeable as him sees this guy who, you know, who's Jesus? He's this carpenter, builder, from this little town, this backwater in Galilee, and he decides to have a conversation with him. Hmm. And I just think it underscores that importance for all of us of the power of a conversation that, you know, this was a pivotal conversation in his life. Yep. Uh, so I just think that's really, really cool. Yeah, if I could jump on that too, it's like when you think about what, what where did those questions come from? What, what was stirring in him, right? So as you say, something about Jesus got his attention. And one of the other ideas of the message on Sunday was we're in a time right now of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns. People are searching, they're seeking, they're pondering what's today, what's tomorrow, what's the future? Well, in those times of our lives, we are maybe more open to exploring spiritual questions. And so if we can take Nicodemus' experience to say, I'm going to seek after Jesus and try to find out answers to the questions. Maybe there are more people right now in culture who are actually asking questions and who better to turn them to, but to Jesus. Yeah, for sure. And so he asked Jesus, you know, just who, who is he? Like, what, what's your message? And Jesus says, you know, if you want eternal life, you have to be born again. And obviously, you know, Jesus has this interesting way of always saying things in a way that's like kind of confusing and all throughout the new Testament and the gospels, I guess, people who are having conversations with Jesus don't understand what mm -hmm. he's saying. And this is like one of those classic examples. And Nicodemus says, born again, like, what are you talking about? Like, obviously I've already been born. Mm -hmm. I can't crawl back into my mother's womb and then be born again. But Jesus references that you have to be born of water and spirit. So mm -hmm. it's this idea that what you're talking about, it's not what you're born into, but it's this decision that you're making. And it's this second birth. And obviously yeah. you kind of touched on it, but the, the born-again Christian term, mm -hmm. I think, has kind of picked up a different meaning in our culture and really in American culture and evangelical culture. And it kind of has a bad name now. But at its core, what Jesus was talking about was that, are you a new creature? Mm. Are, is there something fundamentally different about yep. you than yep. when you were born the first time? Because as you talk about, 
you know, we're all born sinful. And you kind of ask that question, you compared it to actually COVID-19 and sin and how it's this infection, it's this disease that we all have. And you said, you know, we didn't ask for it, just like we didn't ask for COVID-19, but Hmm. it's here, it's arrived, and it's affected every single one of us. So the question is, what are we going to do about it? And that's what Jesus is getting at, is that Hmm. there's something wrong here, there's a problem. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be born again? And so just continue to talk a little bit about what does it actually mean to be born again? Yeah, and I think if we take uh, the idea of what I've been born into, we can easily say it's all of the things around us, our cultural context, to which then could lead to uh, there could be people who are what we would call cultural Christians. They are looking at their Christianity from a surface or circumstantial or cultural perspective. But what Jesus was getting to was the heart. He was getting to the very soul of the being, and he was saying, look, there is a there is an actual problem here that needs to be addressed. And he referenced it as being the old life or the old man. Uh, and so we went into Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, and some good verses there, 16 to 21, but a, the key verse I focused on was verse 17. Uh, that verse says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person or a new creation. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So that's what that new creation or that new uh, being born again is about. Okay, what about on the inside, the heart, the core of the person where there was a, the uh, nature to sin? And can that be made new? Uh, and so it's not so much, again, what I'm born into. It's that I'm born again, that I'm actually living a new life with Christ at the center of my life, governing and leading everything I am and do. So, Yeah, and it's interesting because this idea of needing to be born again, it's like, well, in our culture today, that's kind of, and this is the offense of the gospel, so to speak. It's the idea that, hey, there actually is something that needs to be addressed in each one of us, right? The sin nature. And I think it's not a popular idea in our culture right now. The popular idea is, you were perfect when you were a child and then the world came in and corrupted you Hmm. and you need to throw off the shackles of people's expectations and your upbringing and you need to get back to that childhood state of perfection and just being your true self. And so I just, it's interesting that Jesus pushes back against that idea and says, actually, you are created in the image of God. You have immense value, but you're fundamentally, there's something that isn't the way that it was meant to be. Hmm. And so how have like, you kind of dealt with those conversations of, you know, talking about sin, because it's one of those words that, again, it's just not popular in our culture. Yeah, because I think what will happen is people will go like, you know, fundamentally, I think I'm a pretty good person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've made a few mistakes. I've said a few lies. uh, But the tendency that I would say people would have is, I, I compare myself. Mm-hmm. I, I put myself in this, uh, I'm not as bad as that person. Okay, maybe I'm a little badder than, you know, my grandmother who prays <laughs> all the time. I'm not as good as them. But I'm certainly not as bad as the serial killer or the dictator who has taken so many lives or the shooter. You know, you know, we, we, we just choose somebody that we compare ourselves to and go, well, I'm not as bad as they are. So therefore, I, I'm okay. I, I'm good. I'll just, you know, make sure that those things are 
or apologize for. And it's like one-offs, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can just deal with one-offs and then I feel good about myself. And so this is where uh, in the scripture, again, it gets to be kind of like into the core um, of what is sin? Where did it come from? What, mm. what's, the, what's the way in which we uh, don't really have an option? We are going to have to deal with the sin nature in our lives. One of those verses is Romans 5 and verse 12. And you know, so when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. You know, so Adam's sin brought death. Mm. Death spreads to everyone for everyone's sin. So again, that comes back to like the, the COVID analogy. Uh, you know, this virus spread globally and it couldn't be contained. And you would go, oh my goodness, like with the smartest people in the world, we couldn't contain this virus. Well, it's the same principle here. You know, it's like, from a human perspective, we couldn't stop sin. Mm-hmm. It it is a reality, and uh, whether we want to admit it or not, uh, it is something according to the Word of God that uh, and the teaching that we understand that we're going to have to face and and deal with. Um, and that's of course where Christ comes into the picture, which is huge, right? Because we can't do it ourselves, which is you know where we're going to head with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the the idea of sin it gets a bad. Rep. I think a lot of times just the way that it's been portrayed. Uh, I think if we all think about our own inner life, and we think about the mistakes that we've made, we all know that we do things that we don't want to do. I always go back to uh, Romans chapter 7, where Paul says, like, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I do want to do, I end up doing. And I think we've all probably experienced that in life. And it's this mm. this idea that, like, oh, I, I want to be this type of person, but... There's just like something within me that I just don't end up reaching that goal. And that's, I think, what that sin is. It's the idea that, hey, I want to be a loving person. I want to care for other people, but I also want to be selfish and also want to look out for myself first. And when we talk about like sin, a lot of people just go to rules and breaking rules. But ultimately, Mm. I think it's just about like, do you live up to that concept of like loving others as yourself? And do you love Mm -hmm. God the way that you were intended to. And I think, you know, if you actually look at yourself, honestly, it's, it becomes pretty evident that we don't do that. We don't do a great job at that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think with, with that, I mean, it, the, the reality is we come to Christ by faith and it's not because of anything we can do. So yeah, we're utterly helpless, but Christ comes and dies for sinners. Um, But if we're not careful, because of what keeps us from coming to faith in Christ, which is I'm a good person. Hey, I can get, uh, I can get, I can knock these bad things out of the way and still be good with God. Then when we come to Christ, if we're not careful, we'll still fall into a legalistic or a rule driven kind of Christian life. You know, I, I'm doing things the right way. Well, that, that really kind of parallels with the uh, Old Testament and New Testament or early days when the Jewish leaders were like, they had so many rules to follow. Hey, and if I could follow all of them perfectly, I was righteous. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says if you actually mess up on one, you, it's as if you've messed up on them all. So again, it goes back to it's what I'm born into. It's it's how I function. It's how mm-hmm. I can manage my life. It's how I can do all these things. Which again is the great paradox of of the Christian gospel, and that is, uh, it's only what I what Christ has done for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like hold it, you're taking away all my ability 
to be a good person. Um, and it's like, okay, we're still making a decision, Yep. but it's not based on what I'm doing. It's what Christ has done. So how do we get to that point where we can completely surrender to his finished work to save us from sin, to make us a new creation that then becomes the continual trajectory of our faith, right? Not just a one-time event, Mm -hmm. but it's ongoing. Yeah. And yeah, so in Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, he then talks about the spirit and he says, uh, you know, the wind blows wherever it wants to and you don't know where it comes from, you don't know where it's going, but you see the effects of it. And I think it's that point where you're talking about where you just cry out to God and you say, you know what, I can't do this on my own. I need your strength. And that's where the spirit comes in and actually gives us that power and that ability. And actually, it's really as if Christ is giving us his life. It's as if giving us his power and his righteousness for us to use for ourselves. So mm-hmm. it's almost like he's putting the fuel in our tank and giving us that power that we don't have on our own strength. And that's when people refer to, are you born again? It's, have you made that decision? Mm -hmm. Have you cried out to God? Have you come to that point of brokenness and realizing that, yes, I actually do need to be born again? And that gets to the heart of really what your message, where the climax Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, and I think with that, we have to continually say it's not a one-time, okay, Mm -hmm. I I said that prayer. You know, I raised my hand. Uh, I made a commitment and so therefore I'm in, uh, it's all good, right? Um, it's an ongoing uh, perspective. And I think an inner mindset and attitude that says, I'm continually aware of the death that I came from and the new life or the new creation that God is forming in me. So there might be times when we're, we're drawn to or we default to the old man, the old way. Uh, but then we have to continually let Christ remind us that he is the one who gives us new life. So I think that's the Christian journey. Uh, and we're going to actually focus on that a little bit next Sunday when we talk about what does it mean to be made new. So it's like I'm a new creation, but then being made new is like the ongoing journey, the ongoing pathway to become more and more like Christ, mm, yep. to be formed into the image of Christ so that all of a sudden the inner person is not just trying to push off the old life, but it's embracing the new reality of being a new creation yeah. and new life in Christ. And I think that's that's very cool. Yeah, and there's always that tension, not to get too theological, but that's the difference between the justification and the sanctification. If you yeah. want to talk about the technical terms, the justification is that point when you put your faith in Christ and God declares that you are righteous. He yeah. sees Christ in you and you are, when he sees you, you are Christ to him. Like, yeah. and Christ kind of puts on, puts his clothes on you. And then there's the sanctification, which is the part of, okay, now you're actually in the process of becoming like Jesus. Mm. It's not just a false reality that God is somehow deluded and thinking that you are a righteous person. Mm. It's that, hey, actually now the spirit begins to work in your life and you are in the process of being transformed to actually become like Jesus. And yeah. so that's that distinction that we're talking about there. Yeah. As you bring up a good point, uh, that is the justification part, because I think if we, if we could see justification as not just getting a pardon, but living a life of pardon, mm. right? It's like, hey, I got, I got the get out of jail free card, right? Yeah, so now I can uh, go and commit a bunch more crimes. Yeah, I can, I can carry on and just kind of forget. It's like, man, alive! Like I am, I am make 
free. Like I, like I've been set free. And and justification, I think, uh, too many times we leave it to more of a a moment or a decision. Hey, that now in the sight of God, I'm good. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I love to see it become then this mindset now that says, I live in that. I actually live in freedom because mm-hmm. I am free. <laughs> so uh, I think that's where uh, justification is not just a moment, but a ongoing uh, process, which again, takes us towards sanctification, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I love uh, Dallas Willard, who's just an awesome person. If you ever want to read any books, just read anything by him. One of the things that he says is that uh, he says that saints burn through more grace than sinners do. <laughs> but it's that idea that as we're in the process of being transformed, that's still where it's all grace mm. all the way. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at. And it yeah. sounds like that's where we're going to be going a bit next week in the message is what's the process of actually being transformed? Okay, you've made yep. a decision, but then what's next? And so I think that's a good place for us to kind of wind it down today. Uh, one of the things that we just wanted to mention was we want to give you some resources that you can uh, just search into that will kind of take you deeper into the the uh, message uh, and what it was about. And so one of the things, Dallas Willard, if you want to read any of his stuff or watch any of his stuff, he's a great person to kind of dive deeper into. Another thing that we want to recommend was the uh, TV show series, The Chosen, uh, which is a, an amazing series. It was a crowdfunded project, and it's a TV show all about Jesus, but really more than about Jesus, it's almost about experiencing Jesus through the eyes of his disciples, and mm-hmm. hence the name The Chosen. So it's it really focuses on the life of the disciples, and I know that you had a chance to watch it, I watched it, and it was just amazing. Yeah, and, it, and it, what's really cool is uh, one of the key characters is Nicodemus. So you get to walk in his shoes and see what it's like, and you then see the uh, the tension that he's struggling with about uh, his perspective, but he is so captivated with this man, Jesus. And uh, so I don't want to, like, spoil anything, but, but it, you'll see Nicodemus woven through the first season. Uh, we haven't seen the second season yet, but the first season, it is so cool. So I think uh, from the perspective of watching uh the chosen i think you'd find it to be really helpful yeah there's a whole episode where kind of the climax is this conversation in john 3 this famous conversation between Mm. jesus and nicodemus under the cover of night and it's just really well done so we would encourage you if you're interested go uh you can go on the app store it's there's an app that you need to download called the chosen you can also watch it on youtube if you search for the chosen so uh we would definitely recommend checking that out it's just really good tv and uh really kind of brings alive the scriptures in a way that only like seeing it does that reading it sometimes doesn't unless you really take the time to imagine the world that uh, jesus and his disciples were living in so thank you so much for listening for our first episode we will see you again next monday all right take care everyone see ya bye